Hello. Welcome to da Daniel Bayon's WWE Network Review. forgetting that unless you press the the, uh, the NWO theme the, the part that plays it it'll play all over again to hit none keep it from playing again okay um I've done two episodes of uh Bash at the Beach I mean NWO the format, two parts of the formation. Um, the moment it looks like I can't add episodes. So, I'll record it and I'll re record this, um, how it all got started. Um, by the way, let me just do this because I love to do this background on this. Um, I would never hear any fans boo Hulk Hogan on TV or on pay-per-views. But, um, years after... The formation finished, or years after they revealed who their leader, who their third man was, and before they revealed the name of the group, or that it was going to be a group that was taking over. Years after that happened, I found out that um, he needed to turn heel. He just didn't know how. Hollywood Hulk Hogan, or Hulk Hogan. And years before he came up with the, um, years before Hall and Nash came in as themselves, as the, quote, outsiders, they'd even give them their, they'd even use their names. So they just called them the outsiders because of where they came from. And it looked like they were being in, invaded by them, as everybody knows. And... A little backstory on the name Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I believe it was WrestleMania 4. No. WrestleMania 6. I believe it was when Hogan, uh, quote, dropped the title to, um, the Ultimate Warrior. And 
say when WrestleMania 6 was. Yeah, it was WrestleMania 6, alright. Toronto, Canada. Well, I'm not sure how many days before um, WrestleMania happened. But back then, because of dropping the title to the Ultimate Warrior, or agreeing to drop the title to the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan saw his opportunity to... How do you say that? So his opportunity to become Hollywood Hogan the first time. He thought it would be a good idea if he turned on the Ultimate Warrior and started calling himself Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon owning the business like he did, he he could tell that it was he was it was too easy to cheer Hogan. So he said, "No, no, they won't. They won't. They won't boo you now." I think was his exact words. So, but I believe it was he had been in the WCW for over a year, and the more time would go on, and he would come out in red and yellow. Um. Fans actually started booing him, which I didn't know that. And so I was really surprised at that. But, um... But when he saw Scott Hall came in, come in, acting like Razor Ramon, and when he saw Kevin Ash come in, acting like Diesel, he said, Okay, I can be a heel as long as I'm Hollywood instead of just Hulk. And that that was just to give you the backstory of why you decided to be Hollywood Hogan. The full story was May twenty seventh, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, I believe with Hummer Hearts May twenty seventh. When the NWO's uh storyline started. And it was really great, um Scott Hall, um, I don't really need to say this, but, um, I don't really need to say that part, it, it was eight days after Curtin calling this, when he showed up, and... Everybody was like, hey, that's Razor. What's going on here? And then he said he'd be back next week. This time, Sting, after getting disqualified along with Scott Steiner, both of them getting disqualified against each other, 
after he threw the toothpick at Sting's face and Sting slapped him, he said, I got a big surprise for you next week. Then he came out, this time, no wrestler, no, not in the middle of a match, not in the middle of a match ending, just after, just, just after a match and after commercial break. He came out and told Eric Bischoff to relax and he said, you started it, we're going to finish it. And Kevin Nash came in the back of him, right behind him, excuse me. And the more he would point to Kevin, the more Eric was, that was like, I'm here, where's your second man? So that's when Kevin turned him around, took the microphone and said, been sitting here at three for three months, running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective play. We ain't here to play. And he started talking about all this about all the stars they supposedly have and he said what is Hogan out filming another episode of Blunder in Paradise? And that's actually the bigger reason why um It's actually a bigger reason of why when that whole thing went down, why it was an even bigger surprise to see who they got as their third man, which of course was their leader. Times, times went on and uh, this was to build up to the Great American Bash, he said if he talks if, if they meet with him at the offices in Atlanta, Georgia, two days later, then he would get them their, their three men. Interesting note, and I remember when I saw Scott Hall at, come in and we thought it was Razor Ramon. Didn't know his real name yet. So we thought it was Razor Ramon. Then when Diesel showed up, or we thought it was Diesel, started saying to myself, they're going to get sued for this. Because I understood enough at that time. I didn't know it was acting yet, mind you, but I knew that because they said, quote, fake, I had a feeling that um, this was something they could get sued for. Because it's not like using, found out later on that it's not like using a soap opera character on another show on the same network. Two different, two different TV stations, two different wrestling companies. So I said, they're not careful, they're going to get sued. And I'll never forget the first, first few words out of Eric Bischoff's mouth were, you guys work for the NW for the WWF or World Wrestling Federation. And the second Scott Hall said no the second he said no, we that gave me the impression that that ended the lawsuit, which I believe it did. They settled out of court. And then, and I know now after hearing, um, you know, Bischoff's 
podcast with Conrad Thompson, I know now that his belief was the more you hold off, the bigger it'll be. Context is king or key. I think he says king, but I think he should say key. Context is key, and when you have... Um, when, when you want to build this group, and you want it to be different than anything they've seen before, you need to hold off as long as you can, especially since they, they may have not had three men chosen yet. So when he said he couldn't tell them until the next night, he got all hit, punched in the stomach, then he got power-bombed by Kevin Ash through the, um, Great American Bash, um, set that, that they were standing right in front of. And I believe this was, like, the first time they let Tony Schiavone do commentary on TV the next night. And I don't even think they had chosen three men yet. I believe, as I recall, um, they had a three-way or triangle match with attacking titles. Sting and Luger defending against the Steiner brothers and Harlem Heat. And this was the time whenever... Um, yeah. This was whenever Holland Nash came down the audience right when it looked like Luger was about to try to win the match by putting Booker T in the uh, torture rack. Sting, Sting got in the got in the squared circle part of the ring so that he could say to everybody in the ring look they're coming down. And by the time they climbed over the guardrail, Hall and, Nash, Hall and Nash did with baseball bats. They brought out security guards or Atlanta PD officers. All of a sudden, Luger gets rolled up by Booker T. And Stevie Ray pulls his legs forward so he wouldn't kick out and they regained the World Tag Team titles. That's how that episode ended. Next episode came. They actually decided instead of causing a riot, they decided to pretend to be there as fans watching and they had tickets and they had popcorn just to sit down. They eventually did cause a riot, but it was at the very end and this time... They, they didn't put the closed captioning until they took off in their car. Finally, at the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. Um, by the way, the people who did not see the Great American Bash or did not grow up watching... Uh, wrestling in the 90s. 
A Great American Bash, 1995. At the end, they had Ric Flair and Arn Anderson versus Steve Mongo McMichael of the Chicago Bears. And they went against him, or he and Carolina Panthers player at the time, Kevin Green, who's now a NFL Hall of Famer, and I believe he has a ring with, I believe not only does he have an NFL Hall of Fame ring, he also has a Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame ring. And it was really, I remember at the, when we were watching this, how surprised I was that they had Steve McMichael's wife after arguing with Miss Elizabeth and woman, all of a sudden she comes out in a dress with a Halliburton briefcase, tells him tells Steve to open it, and he sees a horseman shirt and a bunch of money. So he takes the briefcase, hits Kevin Green over the back of the neck with it, leads to Ric Flair pinning Kevin Green to win the match. By the way, as far as wrestling technique goes, Kevin Green had Stephen Michael beat by Miles. Because he actually did something something that Stephen Michael never did that I can remember. A vertical suplex. He did it like he had been wrestling for years. But take into account that he was yeah, that he had gotten trained once or twice by uh by Terry Taylor in the back, so he did, so that explains a lot. Just happened to be, just happened to be good at it. And puts on the Four Horsemen shirt, and they even, even helps Arn Anderson and Ric Flair assault Macho Man Randy Savage, who was actually his, he and Kevin Green's wrestling coach for the match. So I just thought I'd mention that. In case people were wondering about regular WCW men. Matter of fact, let me read that before you even talk about Bash at the Beach. Okay. Okay, it looks like I'm gonna have to go, uh, let's see. I'm gonna do one at a time to get to 95. No, 96. So I probably did say 95 without realizing it. It was 1996. Okay. Also... Along with the horseman getting a new member and beating and pinning Kevin Green and their new member, legal, uh, officially beating their new member and Kevin Green, also in, in that pay-per-view, the Steiner Brothers defeated Scott Norton and Ice Train. Conan successfully defended the U.S. heavyweight title against El Gato. 
DDP defeated Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Dean Malenko successfully defeated, defeated no defended the Cruiserweight title against Rey Mysterio Jr. John Tenta defeated Big Bubba Rogers. In a false count anywhere match, Chris Benoit defeated Kevin Sullivan. Sting defeated Lord Steven Regal with the Scorpion Deathlock. And in the main event, the Giant defeated Lex Luger to keep the heavyweight title. At the Bash at the Beach. Rey Mysterio defeated Psychosis. John Tenta defeated Big Bubba with in a Carson City Silver Dollar match when he took the bag of the Silver Dollar that the, the, with the Silver Dollars in it and he hit Big Bubba with, with the bag and pinned him to win the match. In a taped fist match that was also for the Battle Bowl Lord of the Ring ring. Diamond Alice Page defeated Jim Duggan in a double dog collar match. The Nasty Boys defeated Public Enemy. And Dean Malenko successfully defended the Cruiserweight Championship again by defeated, defeating Disco Inferno by making him submit to the Texas Clove Relief. And Steve Mongo McMichael's first singles match. He defeated Joe Gomez with his version of the Tombstone Pile Driver. Um, in a tag team match pitting the Dungeon of Doom against the Four Horsemen, the Giant and the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan defeated Orrin Anderson and Chris Benoit when the Giant pinned Orrin Anderson after chokeslamming him. And in the Main event. First thing that happened to. I don't know if it was planned or if it was by accident, but Lex Luger was put in a front face lock. That part, I'm not. That part, I know it's planned. But what happened was. Kevin Nash put him in a front face lock in the corner. By all rights, referee should have been counting for him to break. Sting hit the Scorpion, no, the Stinger Splash, onto, I believe it was, Kevin Nash. And by doing so, took out, he locked out Lex Luger, so they had to bring him to the back in an ambulance. So, they made it even, to the point that when Randy Savage was tagged in, Randy Savage was cleaning house. He was... I forgot what he did to take Scott Hall down, but Kevin Ash being on his knees, the only advantage... Well, actually, he took he took advantage of the referee being distracted and he hit... took both of his hands and he hit Savage in between the legs. And that led to Hulk Hogan coming out and his red and yellow gear. Not his tights, but his red and yellow shirt. Ban uh, bandana, I believe, and his pants and boots. And he... That was the time whenever they were not sure if Hogan was going to join them or go against them, so they just got 
I think it was Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash just got out of the ring and stood up like, what's going on here? And you could tell he really didn't know what to expect. Because he really looked, really looked like he was upset or like he was ready to fight him. Because at that point in time, they were not sure if he was going to join them or not. All of a sudden, taps or shoves uh, Randy Anderson away. He did like, he's going to lean against the ropes. All of a sudden, he runs. All of a sudden, excuse me. He runs across, plants the leg drop on uh, on Randy Savage. Um, after a few minutes, they roll Randy Savage out of the ring. Mean Gene comes in and he cut a promo about how uh, he started taking credit for how big the business had gotten and he was saying all the things that Ted Turner promised him. But what really stuck out to me was how he said if it wasn't for him, the fans wouldn't be there. Or if it wasn't for him, Eric Bischoff would still be packing me in a truck, which that is not even true. It wasn't because of Hulk Hogan, it's because of Ted Turner buying out the Crockett promotion. But anyway, so just talk about how that was just... He'll promo, but but that was the beauty part. You didn't know if it if he really believed it or not. So it was just it was just a great time to be a fan. And that really was organic, as they said, because you didn't know what to believe or not. Especially with a comment like that. So this officially is called a no contest. And then. Mean Gene didn't know what else to say when Hogan said, What you gonna do when the New World Organization runs wild on you? Then he grabbed Gene Okerlund to really solidify his heel turn. He said, Don't. Don't touch me. I got lawyers. And he, then he just said, Tony, Bobby, I gotta, I'll gotta. i take this. I, I can't say anything else. He said, We have seen the end of Hulkamania. And I... All Bobby could, the brain could say is, I told you so. <laughs> really funny stuff. Okay. So. Hmm. I was gonna watch, uh. I think, not going, was going to, uh, but was in the process of watching, uh, Bill and JR's. Next topic, but, um, I thought and believe, still believe one great way of really getting down the, uh, the, really getting to the next part of this uh, discussion would be to uh, find the NWO's collection because they started because it started from the beginning. They went to the uh, okay, yeah. After they assaulted uh, Lex Luger in the middle of a match and. 
essentially gave Big Bubba the win because I don't know why Big Bubba was given the win, but instead of instead of just it being like a no contest, I think they said that Big Bubba won. So I really want to know what Hogan actually had to say. So I did not talk about that last time I uh, did this. They did at one point show Holland Nash sitting by a limousine, standing by a limousine, and telling the cameraman to get out of their face. Um. Okay, they, yeah, just as I thought, interrupted the match, so it's pretty much an no contest. Took the, uh, the sound off because I, uh, didn't think that I was gonna have to, you know, have audio. So I thought it would be better if I just put it on. Um... They obviously spent a long time both, uh, spent a long time both assaulting and then talking. Let's see. Okay, I found, got it to where Gene's about to talk. Let's see. He said, Hulk Hogan, Outsiders, let us down the Primrose Path, Hogan. He said, well, you know something, Gene. I wish I would have done this two years ago. Because the New World Order is taking over professional wrestling. Hogan is bigger than the sport of professional wrestling. With the Outsiders, the New Blood, the Foundation, the New World Order, we shall rule the wrestling world, mean Gene. He said, what about the children? You know about the thousands and thousands of telephone calls that came in to WCW? Every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth is totally disgusted with you, Hogan, including myself. And then Hogan said, we all know about the training, the prayers, and the vitamins, brother. And like I said, these people out here, after I led their children down the right path, the gall to boo Hulk Hogan one more time. You fans can stick it, brother. Uh, somebody said, wait a minute, I think Sting, Rishaw pointed out earlier on, I think Sting said it best when he retorted, Kogan, you can stick it. You know something, brother? As far as people like Sting go, years ago, when I shook his hand in Venice Beach, he was a skinny little bodybuilder, and he laid his eyes on Hulk Hogan, he was shaking in his boots.
that uh that would have made him uh ten years before that that would have been nineteen eighty six that means that that that's I don't think that that's accurate I think he was uh I think he was already wrestling by that time. He said, I heard all the crying from the so-called macho man. For three years, he blamed his divorce, the fact that he couldn't rise to the occasion, on Hulk Hogan, brother. And over and over and over and over again this past week, heard the whole WCW blame Hulk Hogan for their problems. Only problem is, I'm the greatest wrestler in the world. I'm a professional wrestling. I will always be bigger than wrestling. With these two friends of mine, the New World Order shall rule the wrestling world. And then he asked if we call these guys friends. You know about this man's background and this man's background and look what they've done. The NWO, where is it going to go? Is it going to be a part? Is going to be a part of it? I think that's the question we are all asking ourselves, and I'm going to ask you. Well, these are the renegades, brother. The these are the men that, when I open the door, brother, they have the guts enough to walk through it. These are the guys we're going to see the trend. Set the trend for the '90s. They will lead Hulk Hogan and professional wrestling. To its destiny. These guys are just the foundation. The thing that everybody or all the people out there don't realize is as I build my empire, will there be more outsiders that I bring in? Will it be people that are so close, so close to Ted Turner? Maybe Eric Bischoff's friends? Who knows, man? Maybe the guys that are in the locker room right now. There's always been a double lo loyalty, man. It's business. They've been loyal to the promoters that have paid their bills. They also have been loyal to Hulk Hogan. Because they know where Hulk Hogan goes, that's where professional wrestling goes. You have to vent all of this on these people who appears in this business. How about the kids that have looked up to you for years and years and years, and now it comes down to this? Take the microphone away. And this is a pretty good example of the way your life is going to go, Hogan. Then Hogan said, well, you know, dude, laid it out straight for all those kids, brother. They don't, they didn't want to follow the path, so I'm done with them, man. I'm done with them, man. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to mess with that skinny little macho or that crybaby stink. Going to going right to the top of the ladder, brother. Hogwild, brother, on August the 10th, if the giant has got guts enough, going to dismantle the whole Ted Turner organization at one night. Going to take the WCW belt, make it the New World Order belt, we shall reign supreme from that day forward. As far as I'm concerned, brother, if Ted Turner has any boys in the back that have any guts 
and I'll come on out right now. We'll beat up the whole set WCW right now. What are they going to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Hulk. Hulk's done it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's challenged a giant, and this is a madman right now. He's out of his mind. Then Gene, I think it was uh, Tony that said this. Gentlemen, this is Nitro, and I'm going to get out of here. That was Gene Oakland who said that. Then Tony said, oh, all right, we are out of time. I wish they could make it to the ring in time. He said, where is the giant? Sting, I wish you were here tonight, guys. Wish you were here tonight. said, well, Hogan threw it right in the giant's face. He challenged the giant. He wants the giant to start off right by taking the title. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Steiner brothers are coming out. We've got chairs in the ring. Ming's out. Dungeon of Doom. They are putting it all aside. Oh, man. We have a battle going on here. We have a, got a battle here tonight. Then Arn Anderson is up. Came out and they said, Arn Anderson is up. We got to go. We are out of time. We'll see you next week. And Hogan will see you at Hog Wild. Okay. We got that out of the way. Okay. We got that out of the way. Um... I, I'm gonna see if I can, um, do a premium episode, and I'm gonna start, if I can, I'm gonna start doing, um, I'm gonna start doing a play-by-play, -play, um, episode or premium, an extra episode of specialty matches that or that's what I think are called specialty matches um so uh so uh thank you please listen to all the episodes and uh thank you and goodbye Hello, this is Daniel Vaughn from Dav Daniel Vaughn's WWE Network review. Thank you, Anchor, for letting me link my Podbean account on here. And thank you for letting me record on here for free as a bo when I do bonus episodes. Thank you that it is free because it takes away any hassle of paying. Bye.